Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome to another edition of NFL Fantasy Guru. I'm your host, Joe Sindoni. Along with me is Joe Peppy. We'll get to him in just one second. Week four, going to give you some guidance for it and a little bit of help as well. The Panthers and the Redskins are on a bye, so we'll help you out with that a little bit later, but we'll lead things off with NFL news. Before that, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at RealNFLGuru, and you can post us your questions there as well, and we will do our best to answer some as we go along. So, Joe, how was your fantasy weekend last week? What's up? Uh, Yeah, I mean, so we all know that I traded for Kamara before the week, and I threw up 180 points, and the guy against me had Matt Ryan and Mike Evans and a few (laughs) other players, so he threw up 190, so I lost. It happens. It's not a big deal. It's a long season, so one and two doesn't scare me, especially because as we talked right before we came on air, just traded for Melvin Gordon too. So. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, go into that yeah. real quick. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. So for everybody, I traded um, OBJ, and I also traded the Browns' defense for Melvin Gordon, which leaves my team to be Stafford, Melvin Gordon, Alvin Kamara, DeAndre Hopkins. I'm forgetting a second. Uh, Juju Smith. O.J. Howard, Will Lutz, and the Seattle defense is a starting roster. So if I don't win this league, we will effectively shut this podcast down <laughs> because I don't deserve it. All right. Well, there's the recap of Pepe's weekend. So let's get to the major NFL news, as I stated a moment ago. We'll start with the up-and-coming San Francisco 49ers, but then Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo goes down with an injury as they lost to the Chiefs over the weekend as well. They play the Chargers coming up away in Los Angeles. How do you feel about San Francisco right now? You got to kind of feel bad for San Fran. I mean, they ended up losing Jet McKinnon, Jarek McKinnon, in the beginning of the season and lost their running back. And you're like, oh, it's okay. They still got Mr. GQ. They got Jimmy Garoppolo. And then he goes down. And he goes down because he tries to plant to get an extra yard or two. And that's that's just such a shame because somebody has to sit him down and say, like, this yard isn't worth your next seven years in the NFL. Just run out, man. You just wonder what would happen at that point. But, yeah, he tore his ACL. He's out. Like, it's not even a question. I mean, there's rumors out there that I don't believe in yet. I don't know if you do or not with the Niners <laughs> trading for Nick Foles. But I, I don't I don't see that happening. The, this scares me for the Niners, man. The only person I want on the team right now is a running back. If I had to take one of the pass-catching players, it'd be George Kittle. Because C.J. Beathard's in, and he didn't really he didn't really excite anyone in the beginning of the season last year, and that's why they got Jimmy Garoppolo. That's why they traded for him. But yeah, there's going to be a heavy, heavy doses of Matt Breda. There's going to be George Kittle drop-offs to the side. This offense gets very close to the Buffalo Bills. Now, I know they got Marquise Goodwin, and they got Pierre Garçon, but your receivers don't matter if your quarterback can't get you the ball. We saw that with Nick Foles compared to Carson Wentz. Now, obviously a downgraded cornerback with Garoppolo going for the season. You touched on it for a moment. How much faith do you put in? Or, you know, if, you know, waiver wire sense, how much do you put into the rest of the 49ers offense? Are you looking at anybody? As you mentioned, like little dink and dunk passing can get you a few points. Of course, we always do PPR league. But do you have any faith? in the Niners offense to help out fantasy owners? I mean, you always got to keep the eye on the waivers. A good team wins by the way they do waivers and trades. But I don't see Mar- – no one's dropping Marquise Goodwin. That's You're not going to see him there. So if you already have him, you just maybe stash him on your bench or, or your bench or you're just forced to play him. Uh, Pierre Garçon, he's fallen off the face of the earth this year. But he had a pretty good start to the season last year when he had C.J., so maybe you take you take that stab in the dark there, but there's so much talent at wide receiver, like we talk about every week, that I wouldn't really spend it on him. And there's a few people that we're going to talk about in a little bit, the Tyler Lockett's, the Boards of the World, John Brown, stuff like that, who are so much better options for you that you might not want to do that. I'm, I'm not touching anybody with CJ as the helm of the 49ers offense. I'll take anybody playing against the Niners, though in any capacity, the defense or the offense at this point. So again, Jimmy G out for the year, torn ACL injury, and the Niners will be on the road against the Chargers coming up this week. Shifting to New England, talking about the Patriots, a shocker, Matt Patricia going up against Bill Belichick, student versus teacher, all that fun stuff. And it's the Lions that come away and come up big defensively for the 26-10 to win. What were your thoughts just watching that game? 
I mean, they just didn't look like the Patriots like at all. And, and this was the first time that somebody that was under Bill Belichick looked like he outthought his old coach, his old boss. Right. It was amazing. I mean, Brady, you know, he had 11 fantasy points. 11. That, that's pathetic. But it, I don't really blame him. You, It was so obvious that the talent around him was bad. Chris Hogan, one of their best receivers right now, he only has seven catches on the year. He's not separating himself from anybody to get open. And every team knows we're going to put three guys on Rob Gronkowski and nobody else can catch. It's almost like security camera at this point. Like just follow that guy. You're zoning on him. And then no one else is helping them. No one else is helping Brady out to get open to throw him because they lost Brandon Cooks, obviously. He has the, he has no deep threat. There's no true number one there. And and I get it. They have Josh Gordon, and he's going to need some time to come up the speed in this offense. They're going to get Edelman back after this week. But right now, he has Philip Dorsett. He has Cordell Patterson. He has like a who's who and who matters in wide receivers. And Chris Hogan, the best one, he's not doing it. He had two touchdowns against the Jags. I get it, but like he has seven catches. That's not cutting it for a player you drafted pretty high in fantasy this year. So the final game this week coming up, Edelman will miss. After that, he will come back. That could help Brady. But before we touch on that for a moment, the Patriots will host the surprising Miami Dolphins. Patriots will be at home against Miami. And the Dolphins are 3-0. and You buying in with Miami? Yeah, it's so I want to. Like, you can hear it in my it's voice. It's tough because it's September. And yeah, it's... And that's the thing. And that's the issue with the Patriots right now, where everyone's like, oh, my and God, gonna, and it's, it's September. And, and it's historically, September. like, the Patriots aren't really that great to that. Then they go 4-0 in December and win home field in the AFC. Last they do it all the time. You know it's what they like started a normal last thing. year? They started 2-2. Two 2-2, and two two. And two, yeah. And they went to the Super Bowl. Doesn't matter. Yeah, so it That's the one September team that is matter. just immune from, yeah. like, September blunders. I think they're going to get their talent back. I think they're going to be, you know, popular. I don't believe so much in the Dolphins. And it's, you know what? Kudos to the Dolphins because I had them being one of those, like, 2-14, and 3-13 teams. They've already matched my win totals that I gave them in the beginning of the year. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Tannehill's having a decent little year. You know, Kenny Stills is being pretty good down there. They, they have some talent. They have a really sneaky good defense. And I think that's going to help with the against the Patriots next week, but I don't think the Patriots lose three in a row. And I, I believe the Patriots are home. I don't. I don't think. They are. Gonna, yeah, no they're one's not, home. Yeah, they're not going to lose at home for the third straight game there. No, so I don't see them losing. If they do, that's when you get that big red panic button out and you hit it as hard as you physically can. So talking about a panic button, we shift to Philadelphia about Carson Wentz. A lot of speculation. How's Carson going to look? It's a sloppy day. It was pouring rain in Philadelphia. Sloppy conditions going up against the Colts. Is he going to be able to run around? Is he going to be able to scramble? How's his arm going to look? How's everything going to, you know, transgress on the field? And what's he going to look like? And as I mentioned, sloppy game, but first game back did pretty well. And a comeback win against the Colts. No, I mean, he had a pretty good game. Let's let's be honest. He was a little rusty. You could see some balls going high, some dropping down pretty you know quickly. But he had, uh, you know, he had a touchdown. He had an interception, 255 yards, 25 completions. That's a pretty good line. Are fantasy yeah. owners at rest? Uh, you know Are they what? okay? I, you know what puts me at rest? It's not so much those stats I just spit out. It's not so much how he threw the ball. It was those Harry Houdini plays that he pulled again where he steps up, he steps around, he goes backwards, he kicks it back. He looks like Russell Wilson still but with a much better arm and IQ for football. So I'm not worried about Carson Wentz. And, and right health-wise, like we were talking about, like, I mean, he was pivoting, like yeah. you said, spinning. and he had everything It looked going. good. I mean, yeah. every, you know, you take word for it. Hits. Yeah, he took, a, he, he took a couple of hits. Yeah. Like I said, sloppy conditions. So, you know, the ball is like slipping around a little bit, but kept control of everything. And you look at it and it's like, oh, all those questions come in, and he's saying, "Oh, I'm fine." But no player is going to sit there and say, "Well, I'm not fine." You know, the, but I don't and know. Dante Davis quit uh, at halftime. He might. That, do it. Yeah, yeah. There you go. All right, yeah. we found the exception. Yeah. Um, but you and you're just like, oh, you're still nervous. You're still nervous. And then he comes out with that kind of performance, and as you said, not his best, but for his first game back. And you got to remember, the last last time he was on the field, he had Torrey Smith. Yeah. He had Alshon Jeffrey, and and then yeah. he hits Dallas Goddard, yeah. the new tight end. I love with a, with a touchdown. Yeah. So nothing like getting your first career yeah. touchdown for. Yeah. For Goddard, and, and we'll be you know, talking on him a little bit later too about pickups and stuff like that. But yeah, Carson Wentz, man, like he still has the skill, and nobody ever worried about that. It was how was he going to handle it mentally? And he was ready. Now he was a little rusty, 
I think that's fine. I like that he came back. He does come up against a defense that is a pretty decent defense. Like Tennessee is a decent defense. They held the Jaguars to under. How do you points. feel about that? Because that was a weird game. That, Nine to six final, and now the Eagles yeah. will be on the road to take on the Titans. Listen, I I don't think it's going to be another nine six game. God, I hope not, because I'll actually be there. But yeah, I I don't think it's going to be nine six. We're going to get our touchdowns. We have Carson Wentz. They have Blake Bortles. It's pretty simple. I don't have to get too deep into why. There's a difference there. But, yeah, I think the the goal was to get him caught up to speed by the time he started playing the Vikings and the Giants and we have the Rams, you know, and the you know the Cowboys and everybody else. Let's get him up to speed before we get hit with these big punches down the middle of the season and before we face a team like the Jaguars because, thank God, he's not coming back on the first game in London with a field that's not used to playing football right. and a defense that's ready to kill everybody. Sure. So we'll see how the Eagles saga continues with Wentz as they go on the road to take on uh, the Titans. Oh, no, not the next point. Let's keeping, not talk about the next point. <laughs> keeping it quarterback heavy here uh, in the major news segment my of team. NFL fantasy guru, we shift to Matt Ryan. Some of these, uh, I feel like every week, and like we could talk about Monday night um, with the Steelers and Buccaneers a little bit later. We'll touch on that uh, for a minute or so. But I feel like at least there's one game every week that almost looks like an NFL blitz game, the old Nintendo yeah. game from when we were kids. And it's, it's like 50 to 38. It's, and it's yeah. these wild, crazy it's the, games. It's the NFC thousands South. of points. It's the and NFC yeah. South and, right now. And there's just defense be darned if you're yeah. in the NFC South because it is all about just slinging it for massive amounts of points. Yeah. And a great combination there with uh. the Falcons and Matt Ryan and Calvin Ridley. So you were on the bad side of this one here. Ridley yeah. with three yeah. touchdowns. Matt Ryan throwing five touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, you know, I he knew took he was... a page out of Ryan Fitzpatrick book. Yeah, just five touchdowns. Yeah, and that guy's <laughs> still throwing for four hundred some yards a game. It's crazy. But Matt, Matt Ryan, like we knew he was going to have a good game. I mean, the Saints' defense is just pathetic compared to last year. I don't really know how much changed, but something fundamentally changed because they can't cover a soul out there. So yeah, Matt Ryan had a good game. I didn't expect three hundred and seventy-four yards and five touchdowns for sixty fantasy points. 60. <laughs> you know what the sad part is? There's probably people out there that have Matt Ryan and still somehow found a way to lose. I hope you fantasy. didn't. If you're yeah. I hope you didn't. If you did that, man, Bless you really got to look at your team again because that's really hard to lose like that. But yeah, Calvin Ridley, this is a, um, a coming out party of sorts. And I'm not saying he's Julio Jones level. I'm saying Mohamed Sanu is the clear cut three. I'm saying Calvin Ridley has better talent. He runs the routes better. He handles everything a little bit better physically. And he's got a little bit of a connection with Matt Ryan. And Sanu's really not doing anything this year. And we'll be talking about Calvin Ridley later. If you get a chance, you take a stab at him because, like, this offense is high-powered. And this defense right now for the Falcons has injuries everywhere. So it's just going to be shootouts all day long for Matt Ryan and the Atlanta Falcons. So if you have Matt Ryan... You should be pretty happy because he's going to be throwing the ball a lot. This is like another Andrew Luck situation where you just have to gunsling away. So we're not at the waiver wire just yet, but the Falcons will be at home against the Cincinnati Bengals. And again, we're talking about the Falcons. Matt Ryan, five touchdowns, three of them along the Calvin Ridley. We're talking about the Falcons, and we're not talking about Julio Jones right yeah, now. So it's amazing. I mean, does this wave kind of continue to Cincinnati – throw a curveball towards fantasy owners with Julio Jones or is Calvin Ridley going to try and take over because Ridley is getting the space because yeah. of Jones. I mean, the Bengals defense is pretty legit. I mean, they're not, let's not be, they're not the Jaguars. They're not like, you know, one of the top middle of the defense. road, middle yeah. of the pack. They're good. They're really a good defense, but I, this is going to be a shootout between Andy Dalton and Matt Ryan next week. It's just going to be all over the place. And like, I think you said the Atlanta Falcons are home, right? Home against yeah. Cincinnati. So no weather conditions to worry about in any way, shape, or form. So, yeah, I see that ball flying all over the yard, and I see everyone getting a piece of the meal. So, like like Pepe said a minute ago, it's the NFC South that is just slinging points like none other. So we'll see if that continues as the Falcons host the Bengals coming up this week. Staying in the NFC South, Alvin Kamara, what a game. I mean, with that 43-37 to win in overtime, and it's pass catching. It's not as much rushing as you would normally see, which the Saints in recent years have been able to run the ball and have a two-headed monster, so to speak. But now it's Kamara who's able to catch passes, and Drew Brees doesn't have to throw the ball as much. Yeah. No, look, if you came to me after I made that trade and you were like, 
Kamara only is going to run for 66 yards. I'd be pretty disappointed with my lineup. And now I look at the stat line, and he caught 15 of 20 targets. 20 <laughs> targets for 124 yards. I mean, he's the clear-cut number one there, even with Ingram coming back. Ingram might steal some yeah. goal-line touchdowns. Uh, but Any I'd, fantasy owners out there nervous that you can put, the re- to put to rest any rumors or any nerves you can calm down with? Obviously, Kamara, it, it, he's a stud. I mean, yeah. he's playing great. Yeah. You know, so, what do you see with Ingram coming back here? Is he going to snipe a couple of TDs in the red zone? Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. he's definitely going to vulture red zone TDs. I mean, help Drew Brees vulture two of them last week by running them in. Kamara is a nice back, but for the most part, it's going to be Ingram when it gets inside the five for running and Kamara for passing the whole way through the field. But Kamara is still going to get his. And even if you don't get a touchdown, and your guy catches fifteen passes for one hundred twenty-four. Without the yards. Yeah, you don't even need, yeah, yeah, just on the catching alone, if you're in a PPR, 15 points just from the catching, six points from the running, I'll take that to the bank all day. But yeah, Mark Ingram's going to come into this a little bit, but let's remember, he's not game ready. So game ready and conditioning off the field is completely different. He's going to come in probably for the first game for mostly goal line, third and ones, you know, like a LeGarrett Blunt type role. More so as in a you know dual back situation. Again, leaving Kamara with I'm going to say about seventy to seventy five percent of the running back situation snaps. Now the Saints are on the road. They're not the best team on the road, and they're gonna be taking on the Giants <laughs> coming not- up this weekend. Giants secondary gets more talked about with Eli Apple, Landon Collins, those kind of guys. So what do you see up front there? Can Kamara just go out into the flat and just turn up field? I listen, I still see this being another one of them shootouts again. I mean, you're going to have Eli having to sling it really quick to OBJ because there's no offensive line there, and they're going to be scoring pretty quick with Shepard and, you know, Beckham and Saquon Barkley is going to have a crazy good game in my eyes with the way the Saints defense is playing right now, which means Drew Brees is going to have to pass a lot more. And passing goes to Kamara. And Kamara is getting everything right now. So I see Kamara. Yeah, I see you know Michael Thomas. I see it slinging all over the field again, regardless if Apple's out there and Collins and everybody else. They didn't really stop Will Fuller, and they didn't really stop Nuke last week. It's not a great defense. I could see a lot of points coming up in that game, too. He's talking about all these points. And then another shocker, as we mentioned, with the Lions defeating the Patriots on Monday night. You had to almost go old school with your TV on Sunday, kind of tap the side of it to see if it was really working, if you really could actually believe what you were seeing. And yes, the Buffalo Bills defeated the Vikings 27-6. to Just shock value before we get the fantasy value here. What, turning on that game, what, what was your reaction here? My reaction was RIP suicide pool. Because <laughs> my, my bet, which everybody knew, was I was betting against the Dolphins, the not the Dolphins, I'm sorry, the Buffalo Bills and the Arizona Cardinals all season long. That was my go-to. That was It was going to be a locked and loaded. I didn't even have to think about it. And then uh, somewhere in the middle of the 1 o'clock games, I'm watching the Eagles game and I'm paying attention on the side, and I just see 17-0 Bills. 17-0. The, the Vikings couldn't do anything that game. They couldn't tackle. They couldn't cover. They couldn't pick up the pe- the blitz. They they couldn't run. They couldn't catch. Kirk Cousins couldn't throw or hold on to the ball. It was like they honestly, to be completely honest, they'll never come out in a minute. But they were looking ahead to this Thursday night game against the LA Rams. They were basically saying like they they sat out the Alvin Cook. They sat at they sat out um Everson Griffin. Like they sat a lot of their good players. They did the um, and just said Greg Popovich. Yeah, the superstars yeah. Could sit down, have a break. Yeah, we'll take care of it, and it didn't get taken care of. No, and to do that at <laughs> home against the Bills, that had to hurt those fans. And I'm sorry if you're in Minnesota listening to this right now. That had to hurt. But this is the one exception to the rule. I'm not running out there to go pick up like a Kelvin Benjamin now. I'm not running out to get Charles Clay. I'm not running out to, you know, Zay Jones or anybody. If you have Shady, you obviously keep Shady because he's flex-worthy still. But – I'm not getting anybody. The only person I'm keeping an eye on possibly is if Shady's out again, I'm going to go for Chris Ivory because he got a decent amount of points last week and he's in there a lot because when Shady's out, it's Chris Ivory and it's Mike Murphy and it's just Chris Ivory's more talented. So when you're more talented, you get more plays. 
So a big Thursday night game coming up for the Vikings. Again, as Peppy said, they'll be taking on the Los Angeles Rams. For the Bills, they will be taking on the Green Bay Packers. Another quarterback struggling, not with injury. Coming back from injury is Deshaun Watson, but hasn't looked as sharp as he did look in his rookie. I mean, obviously, almost an MVP candidate last year. Certainly a rookie of the year candidate as well as the Houston Texans would fall to the New York Giants 27-22. to They're on the road in Indianapolis next week. Division game, rivalry game. And what do you see here from Deshaun Watson? Still getting good and putting some up or putting up reasonable fantasy numbers for owners, but do you see something in the future that could kind of hurt him here? Well, I mean, this is what I told everybody with Deshaun Watson going into drafting your teams. You had to pump the brakes a little bit. What he did in those games that he was healthy for last year, you can't sustain. It's impossible. And they always say now there's more film about the you know the, and that was the argument we had there, more there film more film for Jimmy everyone's Garoppolo. scouted you know yeah everyone's has has just scouted this is the same thing that's going to happen to Patrick Mahomes in a few games too once they have some film on you you come back down into the gravitational force of Earth when that stuff happens but yeah he had a decent game still for fantasy purposes I mean 385 yards two touchdowns that's 35 points basically that's a Pretty good game. He and he's lo- surrounded with talent. Yeah. He's, he's got, got DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. And then we talked about Will, Will Fuller Fuller. last week, a little yeah. bit of a sleeper to, you know, yeah. pick up, which if he's available, who knows? Yeah, he played but- against me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the weapons are that he's got chemistry Should've with all those guys. Lamar Miller, yeah. all those guys have been there with him, you know? No, he's he's got the talent. The defense has the pass rushers to try to keep the game close enough. But you could just tell the team is missing, like, that gear, that extra, you know, 110% gear right now. And I don't know, honestly, what they're missing. Maybe the Sean's a little rusty still. Maybe they're just missing because they had a lot of flags, like a ton of flags. There's a few, every time it popped on red zone, it was a deep pass to one of them and it got called back. Right. And that could kill your team. Yeah. Not just your NFL team, but your fantasy team. He hits one of them. That's an extra 50 yards. He goes over 400 yards for the game. You're talking Ryan Fitzpatrick for the last three weeks. Three weeks in a row with over four. I mean, it gets shaded because, you know, he had three interceptions. One of them was a pick six. And obviously, without that pick six, Tampa Bay could possibly win that game. But I'm just thinking overall, if he took care of it on one of those possessions, just getting an extra possession back, I think Tampa Bay probably wins that game. Three weeks in a row, even though with those three interceptions, he still had 40-some-odd points. I mean, he had three touchdowns, over 400 yards passing. First time ever the yeah. quarterback has thrown for over 400 yards three weeks in a row. He went from, like, Fitz Tragic to Fitz Magic back to Fitzpatrick. That was like, a roller coaster. Yeah. Like, oh, this is the real guy. And I was like, okay, he's leading a comeback. And, like, yes, it fell short. And, like, obviously there's no moral victories. You need points, especially in, in the NFL. But fantasy-wise, he still took care of you, yeah. fantasy-wise. Listen, and, and it's, it's a little selfish to me that I wanted him – to win so badly because I want to I want to see the Steelers implode right now because <laughs> I'm just I'm just loving this for some reason like this Le'Veon Bell's not around Antonio Brown's upset you know Big Ben's elbow hurts oh did Mike Tomlin lose the locker room it's well, like, let's talk it's about let's talk about things. the days of our Le'Veon yeah we'll just let's do a quick episode yeah. of it here we'll do episode one of that he's up I, for I trade mean, he's so up now, for trade now you you know you we talked last week about. Do you trade for Le'Veon Bell? What do you do? You know, you're going to sit him. You're going to keep it. Now the Steelers are saying they're looking to trade offers. Yeah. So, what do fantasy owners think? Like, sh- should I trade him, or are are you waiting to see? Uh, obviously, you have yeah. to wait to see where he goes. Um, but where do you think he could? I mean, there's a few teams out there. I mean, if Shady is hurt longer, the you know, it's all salary cap because he's not going to come. How? In. Where do you think Le'Veon could potentially land in a spot, and can he produce there? So I have a bet with a few people that he's actually going to go to the Colts. And I say this because of salary cap purposes and the fact that their running backs are just terrible. The Niners are up there. There's some rumors of the Jets one in on him. There's some other rumors with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers one on. I mean, I mean there's have, places for him to land. Yeah. If you're me, if you're me and I have Le'Veon Bell, which I do in one league, but it's not my most important league. So I'm not too worried about it. But, uh, he doesn't look like he's in the greatest of shapes every time he shows up in TMZ doing all this nonsense. And so he's got plenty of airtime yeah. uh, having some fun. Is he training? No, well, I mean, probably you know. not. And I could see him coming in and getting this seems like one of them like, yeah, I'm on a new team. Bam, I pulled my hamstring. You know, like it seems like right. one of those cases. If I have Le'Veon Bell, which the owner, the owner in my one league just put him on the trading block. 
you're going to try to get a high piece, a high price for that. Like, don't just pick up a couple of bench people to pick up a couple of bench people. Like, you could still get a top 25 player for Le'Veon Bell off name alone. Like, you should aim for certain players. Like, if somebody offers you, like, a juju, you jump at it. You know, like, there's certain players that are a no-brainer. But then you got to think about it a little bit. Like, Jordan Howard, Le'Veon Bell. I if my running backs are set and I have a lot of running backs, then I might do that trade. But to me, I'm staying away from Le'Veon Bell. If you drafted him, you got to stash him and hope for the best, sadly. But unless somebody offers you a mind-bending trade, you're not really – I don't see many people jumping for him. He doesn't seem like he even cares about football, really. He cares about money. It doesn't seem like he cares about working out because he looks like he's out of shape on that jet ski, and he looks like he's out of shape when he's rapping on that stage. Right. I, I, I'm pumping the brakes so hard that I flipped the bike over. That, that <sighs> I'm, not, I'm not touching Le'Veon Bell at this point. If you have him, you have to stash him, pray for the miracle that you either grab James Conner or you have really good depth on your team. All right, well, that's our concludes our episode of Days of, Days of Our Le'Veon, so we'll see how the saga continues next week. All right, so let's get to the waiver wire this week. Pep, what do you have for us? Quick note, the Carolina Panthers and the Washington Redskins both on a bye, so your Cam Newtons are out, your Alex Smith, your Christian McCaffrey. Panthers need some help, so how do you want to give it to them? All right, so... One of the big names you just brought up was uh, Cam Newton. So you got to replace Cam Newton. You're never going to find a player that can give you what Cam Newton gives you on the waiver right. wire. He wouldn't be there at this point. But somebody you can get is Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton has been sneaky good this year. I mean, two games ago against the Ravens, he threw for 265 and four touchdowns. Last week against a good Carolina Panthers defense. Yes, he did throw four interceptions, but he threw for 352 yards and two touchdowns, which is 24 fantasy points. You can't really ask for In a spot start, yeah, mind you, because exactly. if, you, if you have Alex Smith or Kenny, if you have you're guys around, you know what I mean? Yeah. If you're getting a spot yeah. start here. It's not bad. Here's the big thing about Andy Dalton. The reason why you want Andy Dalton here, he's playing the Falcons. The Falcons just talked about no defense and they're getting shootouts. NFC South, home of the shootouts. They've lost both of their safeties, which means players like A.J. Green. That's good for me. Yeah, yeah, I know. (laughs) You you would not shut up about that last game. I remember that. But, yeah, A.J. Green, you have Boyd. You have people like the 4-2-4 speed demon John Ross out there. They can all just run. And these people aren't going to be able to keep up with them. And this is going to be one of them games where I could see Andy Dalton getting another 350 yards, but a four touchdown performance here because that defense is way down towards the bottom of the NFL. And I don't see them stopping the Bengals. I see the Bengals getting all over them. And this being a giant shootout. We haven't looked at the Vegas number completely yet because the lines always change throughout the week and it's only Tuesday. But yeah, this is going to be a high line. There's going to be a high over under, which means there's going to be points to put up in this game. So again, Carolina, Washington, both out this week with the bye. Who else are we picking up here? You got holes to fill. Who else have you liked so far that you're kind of giving a little quick look at and you know could possibly add and helping out some people that need to fill some gaps? So let's say you're running back, Christian McCaffrey, you know, Chris, Tom, Chris Thompson, whoever you have is on a bye this week. Maybe you can look over to Buck Allen on the Ravens. You know, he's only 38% owned. He only had six carries for seven yards. I know you're like, why the hell would I pick that player up then? That's, you know, not even a full point. Right. He vultured two touchdowns. And the Ravens have shown that whatever it is, they're not huge fans of Alex Collins this year, who has a lot of talent, who they go to a lot, but they don't have that 100%. Here's our running back. Alex Collins, it's they love this Allen kid, and they keep putting him in in the red zone. Again, this is a spot start, and in these spot starts, you're really just trying to get something that's going to get you a touchdown, hopefully. And they're playing the Steelers, not the greatest defenses in the world. But rivalry game, too, rivalry Sunday game. night. Yeah, but I see a lot of running happening from this, and I could see Buck Allen being on the field a lot more than most other running backs, so I'm going with him. Now, here's another back, though that if you got to keep the eye on the injuries for this one, that he'd be a great pickup. And if you had him last week, he was an awesome pickup, a.k.a. I had him in DraftKings, and he was fantastic. Wendell Smallwood. And the quick second, 
we talked about Clement on the way yeah. right a couple weeks ago, like pick him up, and then all of a sudden it was Smallwood that was getting everything yeah. for Philadelphia. It's never a good sign for Corey Clement to show up on the injury report on Friday. So that's never a good sign. The second that happened, I changed out Clement in every one of my DraftKings lineups and put in Wendell Smallwood because you just there's no faith in you. Then there's a reason they throw you on the injury report that late. So yeah, Wendell Smallwood's only owned in three point seven percent of leagues. Now, again, this only matters if there's injuries involved. He rushed for 56 yards. He had a touchdown, but he also had three catches for 35 yards. That's a pretty good spot start again. He only matters, though, and I keep saying this because I don't want somebody coming back to us on Instagram or Twitter saying, you made me get Wendell Smallwood. He didn't play. (laughs) This This only matters. Okay, people? If two or more of the running backs are out. If Jay Ajayi and Darren Sproles Is there an are update out, on him? Have we heard Still day-to-day. It's Doug Peterson. Okay. He ain't going so to that. Darren Sproles, same thing. Both day-to-day for that. But yeah, they only matters. It only matters if two of these people are out. So those are my two running backs I, I really want to get. So do you want me to move to the wide receiver next or the tight end next? Go for a wide receiver. Go for it. All right. So Wide receiver, we're going to pick my man that I can't believe he's not owned in more leagues. I have him, John Brown. John Brown in the preseason, everybody was raving about this guy. He didn't just get injured in Arizona and he missed a lot of games. He had an illness. He had a disease. He had something that was destroying his body on the inside. And then he's healed. And everybody in the NFL, there was rumors of who could be one of the best receivers out there. John Brown could be. If John Brown's healthy, he could be one of the best there is. Well, John Brown's healthy, and he is kicking butt in Baltimore right now. He is the guy over Crabtree. Last he's week, become like the new Steve Smith with him. Yeah, he's, he's like reborn. And, and I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that because he's on my team, so I'm totally okay with it. Somehow, he's only owned in 47.7% of leagues. I think that's insane to me. The guy... Last week, he had five catches on nine targets for 86 yards. Here's the reason why I love John Brown, though. The biggest stat for me. He has an 18.5 yards per catch clip right now. That's the type of receiver I want when I'm looking at the waiver wire. I don't want this like guy who's going to get three catches for 15 yards and I end up with four or five points. I'll take the guy who gets me three catches for 60, but I get nine points out of him. Because I want that guy. Give me that guy. Because you're never going to get the PPR monster on the waiver wire at this point. Because somebody has already picked him up. You're going a little more boomer bust when it comes with the bye weeks. And John Brown has the highest floor out there when it comes to wide receivers. So I'm a big fan of John Brown for this week. So we talked about it a little bit earlier. It was the Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley show for the Falcons last week. And that's who you're looking at here is Ridley. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Ridley. I mean, you have a stat line. What was the stat line again? Seven for eight, or eight catches, 146 yards, three touchdowns for Ridley. Yeah, I mean, he's getting picked up. Let's be honest. Everyone's putting a waiver wire claim in for him. You might as well do it too. He's only owned in 40.4% of leagues. Now, he's owned in my league, so nobody could touch him. But if you can... Put a waiver wire claim in for it. I guarantee there's somebody on your bench who's not as important as him. Like we said, the Atlanta Falcons defense is bad. And they might be historically bad by the end of the season now because of all these injuries, which means a lot of shootouts. Right. Which means a lot of double covering Julio Jones. Sanu isn't really carrying his weight at the moment. He's not doing his work. Calvin Ridley has stepped up. Calvin Ridley is saying, here I am, NFL. Give me the ball. I think you you always want to aim for a higher octane offense, too, if you can, when you're on the waiver wire. And the Atlanta Falcons offense is right up there. Like, I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs are above them. Maybe the Steelers at the moment. And then I put the Falcons right there with the Buccaneers as 3-4 for high-powered offenses at the moment. So, yeah, I'm going for Calvin Ridley. He's the number two there. But we're not done with wide receivers yet. Little bit of a surprise as he has a solid game. We talked about Andy Dalton giving you a spot start as well, but now you're looking at Boyd. You're looking at Tyler Boyd for Cincinnati, the wide receiver who kind of popped out of the, popped yeah. up out of nowhere. 
Yeah, um, I should have put him in my lineups. I had him at one point, took him out in DraftKings. Very upset about that. Probably would have earned a little bit more money this week. But he is the clear number two there. John Ross, he's really fast, but he can't run routes. He's not learning the playbook. He might still have a good week this week, John Ross, because of the Falcons being the Falcons. But the better wide receiver is Tyler Boyd. Now, the big thing here is that A.J. Green's a little dinged up, too. So this means more targets could be coming Boyd's way. And after last week, where he had six catch six catches on seven targets for 132 yards and a touchdown, you're going to get some targets from that anyway. Right. Now, I'm not worried about Eifert. Eifert's really not a big deal. And this isn't a juggernaut defense. So this is going to be a shootout. And even with A.J. Green on the field, I think Boyd is a great start. The only time I don't pick up Boyd is if I already have A.J. Green. I don't like relying on the same team too much in one week, unless I'm ending up with something like an Antonio Brown, Juju Smith, which just is very rare that you get that. Right. Okay. So last for the pickups could (laughs) might floor some people here, but you're going with the second tight end from the Eagles, Dallas Goddard, the rookie Dallas Goddard. Listen, I was huge on him when we drafted him. He's got the talent of Zach Ertz, just different person. And this is our team right now looks a lot like those Patriots of Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski, where we play inside out. And we're doing that because we don't have an Alshon Jeffries. We don't have our Mike Wallace anymore. We don't have those outside wide receivers at the moment. So we have to play inside out with this. Now, last week, he had seven catches on seven targets for 73 yards and a touchdown. If you stream the defenses and the tight ends, and you, like, yeah, you're you're a stream. You, stream, you love spot start and tight ends. I, so speak to yeah. speak to your fans how to speak to the guys that think like you do. I'm picking up a new tight end every week. Look, like I tell everybody, if you don't have Gronk, you don't have Kelsey, you don't have Ertz. Everybody else is kind of this just pile and, of junk. And you've looked at OJ Howard a little yeah. bit too. Yeah, I'm, I'm keeping OJ Howard for more than one week, so I'm breaking my own rule here. <laughs> but I'm keeping him for one more week. But yeah, Dallas Goddard. If I didn't have OJ Howard would be the guy I picked up because, again, they're playing inside out. And when you look at the Eagles' defense, if you're the defense lining up across from them, if you had to double anybody right now, it's Zach Ertz. Right. He's the one you're doubling. Maybe Nelson Aguilar. But, again, he's a slot receiver, so that's an inside-out type moment. The only other person who's on the inside where Carson Wentz is looking first on every single play, it looks like, is Dallas Goddard. And they had nice chemistry in the game. I mean, you don't go seven for seven in a game without having some type of chemistry. And that's called his first touchdown pass. And yeah. we talked about Wentz first start being back, and it's Wentz thrown to him. Yeah, that's and, chemistry and with the, him already. And those are Dakota boys. They love each other in North yeah. and South Dakota. So, like, I could see a nice little vibe here. I could see, like I said, the old Patriots minus the whole, you know, homicide, homicidal <laughs> maniac thing attached to it. But, yeah, Dallas Goddard, um, he's got a lot of talent. He's got Zach Ertz's talent. He's just a little younger. And he's got to learn the playbook a little bit more and learn how to play tight end in the NFL a little bit more. But he's got a lot of raw talent. And the Eagles are playing the Tennessee Titans, who, yes, they are a good defense, but they have the likes of Malcolm Butler on the outside again. So we're already an inside-out type team, while the outside defense is stronger than the inside defense. I'm going with the inside play with Dallas Goddard this week. All right, so a risky call there, and you have the stat here. He's owned in less than 2% of leagues, so we're yeah. talking oh, I went major reach here. We are, yeah. You are reaching for this one. So, all right, help out some fantasy owners here. Who, who are you trashing? Who has, you know, ticked you off enough, and I'm sure fantasy owners are screaming at them as well, so sharing their grief. Who You know, who are you dropping? Who are we getting out to try to pick up these guys? All right. So the first guy I actually have, and I dropped him today. I gave him that Vance McDonald stiff arm from last night, and I shoved him so far down to that trash can that I'm never picking him up again. Rex Burkhead. It, it was, it's always a crapshoot when it comes to the Patriots running backs. It's yeah, that's, always a little crazy. There. And the it's first week, he had a decent game. And you're like, okay, I could maybe work with this. Then Sony Michelle comes back. And he's already dealing with an injury, Rex Burkhead. And then he gets injured again, this time with his neck. That's a pretty serious spot to hurt. And he only saw about five total snaps the entire game. He is clearly behind James White. He is not the first and second down running back like Sony Michelle. It's just not worth having him for that one game that he's going to pop off and have a great game. Because even in that one game, you're not starting him most likely. So he'll be on your bench when you do it. 
you might as well drop him. Go pick up Buck Allen. Go pick up Wendell Smallwood if you want to stick with running backs. If you have a ton of running backs, go bolster another part of your roster. Go look ahead at your quarterback and see what his bye week is and go pick the best player in that week. Like that, These are the players you drop now. This is how you win the league, by thinking ahead. People think too short-term. This is where you need to start playing the little chess, not checkers type game. So you start with Rex Burkhead, you drop him. But as you see on the sheet, I'm not leaving this team yet. Not yeah, leaving the Patriots. You're hanging out with New England. And yeah. we talked earlier about Edelman coming back, not this week coming up, but the following week. So after the game against Miami with Edelman coming back, you know, you cause the pause here or you're just done because, you know, is Gordon come out and help out his offense, which could help a guy like Chris Hogan? Edelman coming back, does that help him? Or I mean, you're just done. I think I am completely done with Chris Hogan. Now, listen, if you don't have a lot of talent and Chris Hogan is like your second receiver, one, you draft it incorrectly. <laughs> Two, you you just you you're stuck with it. But if you draft it correctly, if you listened, if you paid attention to the expert, then what you do is you drop Chris Hogan. Because yes, Josh Gordon's coming back. He's not going to be there to help Chris Hogan. He's going to be there to help Gronkowski. Right. And then Edelman comes back. And you know who that's going to open stuff up for? Gronkowski. Right. None of this offense is going to say, Bill's not going to sit down in a room and say, we have Gordon, we have Edelman, we have Gronk. Finally, we can throw the Chris Hogan. They've right. given him seven <laughs> catches, seven in three games. Tom Brady could usually make anybody look great, but this year Chris Hogan is showing that he's a good player. But he's not that upper echelon player. And where you drafted him at, it's just not worth it. I don't think he's going to get a lot of targets this week like with Gordon coming back. Then you add in the fact that Edelman comes back on top of it. Now you're looking at Sony Michelle, James White, Rob Gronkowski, Josh Gordon, Julian Edelman. You could still throw Rex Burkhead's two, three plays in there if you're really all want of a sudden, to. These are you know, all these targets. And if the whole Gordon thing can work out for them, it's almost like the Patriots yeah. offense goes from like duds to studs yeah. in like snap of a finger. Yeah. Like, it's like, whoa, like, but, what just happened? And, and if Gordon goes well, then this is the year like Randy Moss where it was Randy Moss and then everybody else. Yes. You know, so it's not like it's going to be even. It's clearly going to be. Rob Gronkowski, Josh Gordon, one, two, every And he's the man. And the and the then, offense pretty much runs the And then, anymore. I mean, you agree, once Edelman comes back, he's the automatic second or third. He's going to be the go-to. Yeah. I mean, so, you know. yeah, those three are taking the top three targets. So, And then you have anything coming out of the backfield as well with Tony Michelle and James White. Chris Hogan falls down this target chart really fast. And I don't want to hold him. If you could trade him just on name alone and team alone, I would do that. But it if people are paying attention to the podcast, then that's not going to happen. You're going to have to trash them. All right. Your last drop you have on here is Will Disley. Not impressed. Everybody liked Big Montana. I don't I don't get why they liked him. I, I heard the nickname once. I thought it was really good. But uh, he had one catch on three targets. He's not a guy I want. I told you, I don't really want anyone on this offense to begin with. We talked about this in the very first podcast, I right. believe. But Seattle. Yeah, yeah, but Seattle. I don't really want anybody. Russell Wilson, he's not running around to the yeah. clip that he was a couple of years ago. Last he's running year. for his life. Yeah, but it, and he's not gaining the rushing yards, so he's not keeping those linebackers in check as much right now so they can go cover the Will Disley. And Will Disley is a good talent, but he is not one of those Rob Gronkowski, Travis Kelsey type people. And like I said, you are streaming tight ends. If you're smart, if you're playing the game correctly, you stream the tight end. So go drop Will Disley for somebody who just, let's say, had seven catches on seven targets last week, Dallas Goddard. I'd rather have that. Look at that. You Circle know? the wagon perfectly yeah. there. O.J. Howard. You can go back to Cameron <laughs> Braid if you want to. If Jesse James is out there, Vance McDonald. I'm naming all these players on way better offenses that had better targets and catches last week. I'm not touching Will Disley. I'm not touching anybody on that offense of Seattle unless I absolutely have to. But this just seems like the year where they're the tire fire, and I don't want to touch them. All right, so there you have it. You're a waiver wire for this upcoming week. Next, we get to your questions from the fans. If you want to have your question answered on our show, or at least a chance to have it answered, you could send it to us at Real NFL Guru on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So, Question number one from Paul Smith. <laughs> I love this question. Matt Ryan, back to Matty Ice or to Bucket Water? 
Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess you can call him that when he's having bad games. <laughs> I um, yeah, you got to stick with Matty Ice for this year, I think, especially, again, the defense is hurt, and he's going to have to throw a lot. This mimics a lot of what's going on in Kansas City right now where the defense is atrocious. There's weapons around a quarterback. It's got the same little setup, just not the same field general as a head coach leading it. But Matty Ice is going to be here for the year. He's going to have you those games where he gets one touchdown, one interception. It's just, it's who he is. He has those games. But I do believe he's going to have more of those three touchdown, one interception, two touchdown, no interception type games for you than he does what they call him, bucket water. Bucket <laughs> Matty water. Ice and bucket water. Yeah, what, what I'm going more Matty Ice for <laughs> it. So, yeah. I think you're okay with Matty Ice. I think you're good to go. He's not going to thaw out on you. You're good. All right. So sticking with Matt Ryan, again, the NFC South has been a hot topic. So we're going to stay there. Marco and Brandoner, appreciate the question. Matt Ryan versus Ryan Fitzpatrick. Who to start, you would think? Falcons will be playing at home against the Cincinnati Bengals. Ryan Fitzpatrick. As we talked about before, a couple of shaky moments against the Steelers, but now he's playing a much better defense in Chicago, playing against Khalil Mack and the Chicago Bears. So who do you give the nod to here? All right. Well, these are both quarterbacks that have the ability to obviously throw for 400 yards and multiple touchdowns in a game as they both came either really close or did it last week. So when it happens in this situation and both teams have great weapons around them, Mike Evans, Julio Jones, Deshaun Jackson, Calvin Ridley, you know, you can go down the line of who has who. Then you turn and you look at the defenses and the Bengals have a decent defense. They're okay. They're you know, nothing to laugh at, but you're not scared to play them too much. You're still going to put your points up. The bears defense though, different animal. They well, I see what you did there because yeah, it's a bear. That. Uh, that. that was good. It's, it's, like too, it's too late in the night for your dumbass. Yeah, <laughs> paying attention. Yeah, like that, I mean, I'm but impressed. Yeah, yeah, but this defense is a different animal, as you say. And <laughs> Khalil Mack is—he's not human. He's, he's going for not. defensive player of the year right now. Yeah, well, I mean, you know if he what? continues, he's the only one who understands how to hit the quarterback, and it's not hit the quarterback, hit the football. I don't even want to get into hit the that football. Topic right that's now all. That's the, the only well, you can't hit drive the, me crazy. You can't hit the person. Yeah, just, so you go for the. He, and he's been doing it. That's for sure. And I mean, he's been doing it all season long. And this defense is a scary defense, and they're at home. So I'm not picking Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm sticking with Matty Ice for this week. I see another three touchdowns this week, but possibly an interception. All right, up next, Cole Goodwill. We talked about a couple of these guys already, so this will be fun. Cole's thinking about dropping Aaron Jones and Chris Hogan for Calvin Ridley and Robert Woods. What are you thinking on that? Um, Well, I don't like Aaron Jones. Let me break this down player by player. Aaron Jones has the most talent in that backfield. Aaron Jones is not the best pass blocker. That's Jamal Williams. Aaron Rodgers has a terrible knee right now. They're going to want the pass blocker in for more snaps. So that's one player down. Chris Hogan, we've already talked about him not being fantastic either. So that's two negative points for two guys. Calvin Ridley, we've already talked about in this, had a great game coming out party, the number two on a really high-powered offense. And then the last guy, Robert Woods, is leading the highest octane offense, 30-something points a game in targets. He has the most targets. Like if, you know, Brandon Cooks, you got Cooper Cup, you got Todd Gurley. Nope. Robert Woods. Yeah. And he had two That's certainly not the guy you're looking yeah. at first. Yeah, first. That. And he has two touchdowns last week. I would take the two people of, what he say? Robert Woods and Calvin Ridley? He wants to drop Aaron Jones and Hogan for Ridley Woods. Yeah, give me Ridley and Woods, and you could take back Jones and Hogan. And I feel like I've bolstered my team talent-wise. So last question, Trevor Standing Soldier, <laughs> shifting down to Miami. 3-0 Miami, but is Kenyon Drake in the doghouse for the Dolphins? I hope that's like a like a Twitter name. Is that his real last name? Hey, you yeah. gave it to me. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but like, you know, if that's his real last name, then that's an awesome last name. That's something that no one could ever forget. Um, With Kenyon Drake, I told people in the beginning of the year, don't get too high on this guy. He had a couple of great games last year. Yeah, you know who did that a couple of years ago too? Jay Ajayi. 
He's in Philadelphia now. <laughs> like, they just, this guy doesn't like, Adam Gaze doesn't like to use his talented running backs. He's putting the game in the hands of Ryan Tannehill, and he's saying, you go out there and you throw with the Kenny Stills as much as humanly possible. I don't like anybody on the Dolphins anyway. And yeah, if you can get Kenyon Drake and swap him for another RB2, do it now. Do it as quickly as you can, Standing Soldier, because you have to move on from this. He is not that good of a player, and you drafted him probably way too high. All right, so Paul, Marco, Cole, Trevor, appreciate the questions. Again, if you want your questions for a chance to be answered on our show, hit us up and comment us at Real NFL Guru on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All right, so now my favorite segment, I like this one, we do a little pick them head-to-head matchup every week. Doesn't matter which team wins, just who does better in fantasy. Pepe's been doing pretty well so far last week with three ties, eight wins, and five losses. Overall, you're at a late at, at 18, 11, and three in your pick them's head-to-head. How you been feeling so far with this? I've been feeling pretty good, but like last week we had three ties. Like first off, the McCoy Dalvin Cook one, neither of them played, so it just it was what it was. And then there was a couple other people that just tied like perfectly. Andrew Luck, Carson Wentz, tied. Jordan Howard, David Johnson, tied. Like the odds of that happening were slim, but I mean, I'm winning. I got a winning record, so it, it's I'll the take it. it's the year of the tie with the NFL. Yeah. Really, it's, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. All right, so let's get to the pickums. You have Minnesota <clears throat> and the Rams up first. Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff. It's Kirk Cousins coming back from this one after the, you know, Rocky Horror Picture Show as we get close to Halloween. Yeah. Uh, after that performance in Buffalo, is he coming back against Goff here in the Rams? Look, I mean, that was atrocious. That game was terrible. But the Rams, they lost both their cornerbacks. Now, Kirk Cousins, I think, has better talent. With Peters and Talib. Both are out. Both are out. out. I was blanking on the name, so I was staring (laughs) at you so hard. But, um, yeah, they're both out. And when it comes to this point, they both have talented wide receivers. So, again, I think back to, well, who has the better running back with them? Todd Gurley is 10 times better than Dalvin Cook will ever be. And Todd Gurley isn't hurt like Dalvin Cook is right now. I think they rely on that arm of Kirk Cousins for another game, and I think he gets more fantasy points. All right, so again, we're just doing head-to-head. doesn't matter who wins the game. Just talking about which player would get more fantasy points in that matchup. So the next one, we shift to the Bengals versus the Atlanta Falcons. And your boys in this one, Gio Bernard and Tevin Coleman. Not the obvious matchup you you would think, like, oh, A.J. Green or Julio Jones. We... We're diving in a little bit. Yeah, well, you know, we could have went if they were alive and playing Joe Mixon and uh, Freeman, but then neither of them are playing right now. I mean, both of these running backs had a really good game last week, but this is, again, going to be a shootout. And, again, we've talked about this a few times with this game because this is one of the more important games of the week, but I'm not looking at the quarterbacks here. I'm not looking at the receivers here. I'm looking at the defenses. And one defense has been hit two, three, four times with season-ending injuries, and that's the Atlanta Falcons. I think the Bengals have a decent defense. I think the Falcons have a poor defense. So I'm taking Gio Bernard to get more fantasy points this week, but this is a close battle. So, again, Pepe will go with Gio Bernard for the nod. Now, this one, I love this next one. So you have the Lions on the road against the Dallas Cowboys. on Johnson got to the 101-yard mark. First yeah. time in uh, a Detroit Lion running back has had over 100 yards. And I can't even remember how what the stat was. It was something like Reggie basically, Bush. Reggie Bush. There you go. So quite like over five seasons ago, plenty of time passed there. Carry on Johnson all of a sudden possibly emerges as the new man. Gets 101 yards. See you later. Get on the bench. Enjoy the rest of the game. Yeah. <laughs> Detroit beat the Patriots last week. So we have carry on Johnson versus Ezekiel Elliott struggling Dallas Cowboy offense. Look, first off, with that whole 100-yard running back thing, I honestly, when they said it on the broadcast, I was like, oh, it's got to be Barry Sanders. Like, yeah, because you know, like just, just nobody else has really ran there. But and they haven't I had people forgot for a long time. Reggie Bush, to tell you the truth. But he did have that stretch of like eight games that was just really good with Detroit. And so you know who they do have who – I'm surprised you didn't put him on your dropping boy. Yeah, we can get that a little bit later. But 
Garrett. Your boy Theo Riddick. Oh, and I'm not that, dropping uh, that. That's your boy, but he was not in as much. Obviously, I'm not on Johnson, making sure uh, you know. I'm not up the 101 yards here. I'm not out on him yet. I'm not out on Theo Riddick, but we'll, um, we'll keep you up to date on that we'll one. Keep, but you got yeah. Johnson and Zeke. Go for it. So Zeke is on a very, very bad offense. I mean, Dak Prescott does not look like a guy who you want to have behind your team. And we said it before; years. just it's shocking how yeah. much they fell off. From two years ago, just yeah. even last year, they started yeah. decent. Even yeah. Dez gone, Witten retires, and it's, it's like pumped the brakes. They have no talent around them. Their coach looks like he has no idea how to handle the offense. I think this all flips around once Jason Garrett gets fired, which I think needs to happen very soon. But I still will take Zeke to win this one, mainly because I don't trust that a Lions running back will have. Two straight hundred yards. <laughs> if they games. do a back-to-back weeks, well, I'll look out. Yeah, I mean, if, if they do a back-to-back weeks, I'll drop Theo Riddick. There you go. <laughs> there you go. And oh god, you're talking about Jason Garrett getting fired. I still don't understand how coaches get fired before Marvin Lewis. That's a debate <laughs> for another day. We'll move on. Buffalo at Green Bay. Josh Allen. Does he continue against the Green Bay Packers? So you're going quarterback matchup. Allen Rogers. I mean, this seems stupid. In the beginning, when you're like Josh Allen versus versus Aaron right. Rodgers, like what do you mean this is dumb? But like Aaron Rodgers has a bad knee, and you have to worry about this. And Josh Allen was a top five quarterback last week. He was the fourth best quarterback. So this isn't that far fetched out there for everybody who's going to end up trolling me later <laughs> on Instagram for this. But yeah, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. I'm still picking him over Josh Allen. There is no way, no way I will book it here right now for you if you like. I will give you, and everybody can hear this, $5 if I lose this one right here. Who's getting $5? You, you hey, get $5. all right. You all right. get $5. This is good. This is public. This, if, is, this is good. I like this. Aaron Rodgers loses to Josh Allen. You get $5. Now, we're not talking about the game. We're talking fantasy just fantasy points. fantasy points. Fantasy points. The right, game, I mean. uh, listen, after last week, I don't know what Buffalo is going to pull out <laughs> or their hats again. But I don't see them winning the game either, but I'm not putting 5 bucks on that one. Everybody so, uh, pray to your fantasy five, gods here yeah, for 5 bucks for Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to frame that 5 bucks. <laughs> All right, so we go Eagles versus the Titans. Eagles are on the road. Looking at the tight ends here, obviously we talked about Dallas Goddard a little bit, but you're looking at Zach Ertz and Corey Davis. Yeah, so we went with the target monsters for both teams. The wide receiver for the Titans, Corey Davis, and Zach Ertz, the tight end. I picked the number one options to to battle with here. And we talked about this last week. I don't trust Marcus Mariota. Right now, he can't even hold the ball. They're saying correctly. He had to come into the game for Blaine Gabbert because Blaine Gabbert got hurt. But like, if your choice is Blaine Gabbert and Marcus Mariota or Carson Wentz, it's a pretty easy one for me to go with on right. whose receiver is going to have the better game. I'm going Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz and Carson Wentz are best friends. They're always doing things. They got that food truck together. Like They are really close going Carson Wentz to throw to Zach Ertz at least double digits. Staying in the AFC South there, the Texans will be on the road. We talked about Deshaun Watson a little bit earlier. The Texans on the road against the Colts. You have Deshaun Watson quarterback battle here. Watson or Luck? I'm going Watson. And this one's a pretty simple one because, again, both teams have talent around them. Both teams have great quarterbacks. Neither team really likes to run the ball too much. But Deshaun Watson is facing the Colts defense where Andrew Luck is facing J.J. Watt and company. So I would rather have Deshaun Watson who can add a couple more points for me on the ground. Instead of Andrew Luck, who they took out of the game for the Hail Mary, which just is a whole other mind-boggling thing. I know we're not going to spend a lot of time on this, but only 50 yards, and they brought in Jacoby Brissett. So even they're not sold (laughs) on his arm just yet. So I'm going to Sean Watson. I think this is a pretty easy win. All right, so the Dolphins undefeated so far, 3-0. They're taking on the New England Patriots. Looking at Kenny Stills versus Rob Gronkowski. And we talked about Kenyon Drake from Miami already in the doghouse here. So Kenny Stills getting a little extra. Kenny Stills is going to get his. Kenny Stills is the number one for that team. They're putting the team on Ryan Tannehill's back. But I don't think you shut down Gronk and Tom Brady for three straight weeks. I just don't see it happening. And I know Miami's having a great thing. But you know the last time Miami went the New England and won? The wild dog game. Ronnie Brown. Yeah, Wildcat, Wild Dog. I'm over here saying Wild, wild dog. dog. Wildcat. <laughs> Sorry, Wildcat. I'm over here thinking about dogs for some reason. But yeah, Wildcat game was the last time they won in New England. I'm going to take my chances with Rob Gronkowski here. 
But again, this could be a closer battle than most people realize. Which would be a nice surprising look too, instead of the Patriots just running through the AFC least as it's been named for yeah. years after years. Jets, Jaguars, another quarterback battle. You have Blake Bortles, Sam Darnold. Man, I am so glad I don't have to deal with this battle on my real fantasy team because that'd be really <laughs> sad. But I think Blake Bortles is going to get more points. Now, this one's going to be close too in the sense that they're both not going to score a lot because these are two really good defenses. So, again, I'm looking at the defenses and the Jaguars' defense is just whole nother world it's its own little entity compared to the jets defense who are good but they're just not to that level i think they're going to confuse the rookie a lot they're going to sack him a lot they're going to get a lot of interceptions on sam darnold i think he has one of his worst games this season this week so i'm going with blake portals all right so we we could have probably touched on this for the waiver wire for a minute there but now we have the browns on the road to take on the raiders (coughs) baker mayfield named the starter you have him going against Derek Carr, who are you picking here? And just a quick waiver moment, Tyrod Taylor already listed out. Again, Baker Mayfield going to take the start. If he's named the starter after that, are you picking him up? I think he's the starter going forth. I don't think it's a question now. I know they're saying it's because the other guy's still in concussion protocol, T-Mobile, but it, it doesn't matter. Baker came into that game, and the whole game was a, just completely different. The whole team had a different vibe. Everybody was playing better. I would maybe pick up Baker if I had, let's say, Jimmy Garoppolo, who just went down, then I'm running right to Baker. If you have Cam Newton this week, let's say, Your or Alex Smith, maybe, yeah. this is a great spot start for you as well because the Raiders. John Gruden John has Gruden, a tough time finding good defensive rush. players. Yeah, pass rush. <laughs> who, who goes into the media and says that after trading Khalil Mack? It oh, actually gives boy. me a headache that he said that. But I don't think he should have came back to coaching. I don't think he knows what he's doing in this error of it's an easy thing to break down tape and discuss what you would have done when you're captain hindsight in the booth. It's a different thing when you're out on the field. And I don't think that he's, and it's, I can't believe these words are going to come out of my mouth. I don't think he has the ability to stop that higher powered offense in Cleveland behind (laughs) Baker. I think Baker is going to lead them to a pretty decent game. I think Baker is going to have a really good game. So he definitely beats Derek Carr because Derek Carr is not good. So we'll keep our eye on that. Maybe talk about maybe waiver for next week or just evaluate the Browns a little bit more just and see where the Baker show goes here with Cleveland. Obviously, plenty of quarterbacks over the years. So we'll see if Baker can repeat from last week and electric uh, give this team a little bit of a shock and put them back in the win column. Shifting to the NFC West, Seahawks and Cardinals. You have Carson and David Johnson. That's the only guy on the Cardinals offense you like is David Johnson anymore, as they've obviously been struggling. Yeah. This this is a game of two offenses where I don't want anybody <laughs> on it. So this was a really hard one to battle and decide on, especially because, you know, this past week I've been, as you know, I've been under the weather, so I haven't really been feeling great and handling everything the way I want to. But, you know, David Johnson's the only one that, has talent in my eyes on either of these teams. I mean, you draft them in your top six for a reason. This coach finally learned and moved to the rookie quarterback. And this is what we said last week, that when the rookie quarterback comes in, there's going to be a lot of dump-offs. I see a lot of pass catching happening from DJ this week. I think David Johnson has a really nice game to make me feel a little better. All right, we talked about this one with a potential shootout happening. Saints on the road against the New York Giants. Michael Thomas, OBJ is fun. This one's hard. This one took me a while to figure out who I want to go with because I was leaning OBJ because the Saints defense couldn't stop Calvin Ridley, couldn't stop Julio Jones, couldn't stop Mike Evans, couldn't stop anybody this year, to tell you the truth. But Michael Thomas, he's been the number one wide receiver in the NFL this season. And him and Drew Brees are just playing to a whole nother level right now. And I, I switched last second, and I might regret this, but I'm going to go with Michael Thomas with more fantasy points. I just think he's Mr. Consistent, and I don't think he's going to let me down. Talked earlier, 49ers on the road against the Los Angeles Chargers. Jimmy G out for the year. We talked about Brita a little bit and what's going to happen with that offense. So Brita and Melvin Gordon. This one became a lot simpler after Jimmy easy, G yeah. went down. Sure. But, yeah, I'm I'm going Melvin Gordon. He's a stud running back for a team that's a pretty decent offense. He's going to get his touchdown. He's maybe going to get two touchdowns. I feel bad for the Niners, but 
they don't have a quarterback who could stretch the field anymore, which is going to really shut down this run game. So I'm going Melvin Gordon. I feel like this is a pretty simple one. Good rivalry game up next. You have the Ravens at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Talked about him earlier, John Brown versus Juju Smith here. This is another fun one. This is a fun one. These are two players on my main fantasy team. So this is really hard, again, for me to pick. But Juju Smith, you can have an argument right now that he's the number one wide receiver on the team. Yes, Antonio Brown is still the number one wide receiver before everybody jumps down my throats. I get it. I'm just saying you can have that argument if you want to. Juju Smith has been playing really well when they move him into the slot. I think it's going really well for them. They're at home, which always helps Ben play a little bit better. I I do think they both get a touchdown here, but I think Juju gets more catches, which leads to more points. So Juju wins. Final pick him head-to-head. Chiefs, Broncos, another division battle. Kareem Hunt, Phil Blinsey. Um. This one was like hard and easy at the same time. I think I'm sticking with Kareem Hunt because the offense is just high powered. But again, you said rivalry game. You know, these two teams don't like each other. The Chiefs are on the road. It's Monday night football. I can maybe see Lindsay coming back after punching somebody in the face last week and getting ejected right. and having a good week this week. But I'm going to take the more talented player of the two. So I'm going to take Kareem Hunt, and that'll pretty much wrap us up, right, for Pickums. That'll be everything, so we'll keep track of Pepe's records and let you know how he does next week. That will do it for this edition of NFL Fantasy Guru. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at RealNFLGuru, and be sure to send us your questions so we can read them and answer them for you on our show. You can follow the guru himself as well at JPEP20 on Twitter and Instagram, and you can follow me at Joe Broadcaster on Twitter. Good luck this week in week four. It leads off with the Vikings at the Los Angeles Rams and other ways to find us at anchor.fm slash real NFL guru. And you could also find us on Spotify, Google podcast, Apple podcast, and this can be heard anywhere. Podcasts are available. Just search NFL fantasy guru. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week and good luck.